So I'm going to read verses 6 to 15, 2 Corinthians and chapter 9. Remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Each of you should give what you've decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to bless you abundantly, so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. As it is written, I think this is from Psalm 112, they have freely scattered their gifts to the poor, their righteousness endures forever. Now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. You will be enriched in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. And through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. This service that you perform is not only supplying the needs of the Lord's people, but is also overflowing in many expressions of thanks to God. Because of the service by which you have proved yourselves, others will praise God for the obedience that accompanies your confession of the gospel of Christ and for your generosity in sharing with them and with everyone else. And in their prayers for you, their hearts will go out to you because of the surpassing grace God has given you. Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. Lord, we pray now that you would speak into our hearts, speak into our lives, and uh, encourage uh, us in faith. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, uh, today we come to the end of uh, this series we've been doing all about money uh, called The Beauty of Money. We know that this series has been helpful for some in terms of just helping us to think a little bit about practicalities and uh, what we do with our money. For others, it's been challenging because in some respects there's practicalities to this series. And for some of us, just with life and all that's going on at the moment, it's uh, we've kind of been struggling a little bit with it and the truth is the reason we've been doing this series is because of the one word in that subtitle there the heart we all know that money does strange things to our hearts there is a seductive beauty to it that can be really helpful in the way we use our money to benefit others and to do good but also there can be a seductive beauty that changes our hearts and kind of damages our hearts. And today we come to the end uh, of our series. It's slightly different. What we're going to do is you're gonna, I'm going to talk to you a little bit and then Julian's going to talk to uh, you a little bit and then I'm going to come back. So that's where we're going uh, this morning. But as we begin, I'd love to ask you a question to talk with your neighbor. What is the best piece of financial advice you have ever been given? Okay, well, uh, Something for you to reflect on afterwards, carry on those conversations. But here's the question about it. Here's the question that is a rhetorical question. You don't need to tell your neighbor this. Did you take that advice? Did you follow it? I wonder how many of us did. The, uh, Claire, Claire's grandfather gave her some advice once, which was expensive advice is cheap. Profound. Expensive advice is cheap one to dwell on for you. Anyway, I don't know if there's any financial advisors here this morning, but today in the passage that we've just had read, we're going to have some advice for us. And whether you're a Christian here or not, whether you regularly come to church, this is advice that we would all do well to heed. Because you'll see... uh, Basically, Paul has been talking, and as we looked at last week, going through this passage, 
very clear advice. He says in chapter eight, I'm not commanding you. And again in chapter eight, here's my advice. Paul is giving us financial advice this morning. He's our financial advisor. But the strange thing about Paul's financial advice compared to much financial advice this morning that we get in our society today is most advice today is about how to get money or how to keep money. What to do with your money so that it can kind of last you well. And Paul's advice is different. Paul's advice is not about getting at all. Paul's advice is about giving. And as we have heard last week, if you were here, the whole of these two chapters is about financial support for the church in Jerusalem. They were poor, they were struggling, and so churches all around the area, including this church in Corinth, were wanting to give to support these poor Christians. And at the end of verse 5, just before uh, the reading we had, we read these words. Then it will be ready as a generous gift, not as one grudgingly given. Paul's making it very clear. His advice to us today is the way in which we give is almost as important as what we give. Not grudgingly given. Now I wonder, when was the last time you were stopped by a chugger? Put your hands up if you know what a chugger is. Charity muggers, they're referred to. The people on the street who you're kind of walking down the street trying to do a bit of shopping and they kind of jump in the way of you, don't they? To try and stop you. And you may have seen the papers today, legislation about what that may or may not look like in the future. Chuggers. Paul's advice here and his context is here is completely different to that. Uh, And he basically gives a few very clear guidelines about how to give our money away. And the first is this, generously. He says, whoever sows generously will also reap generously. That verse is loved by charities, isn't it? But he doesn't leave it there. Because he goes on in verse 7 and says these words, each of you should give what you've decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion. So yes, be generous, but do it thoughtfully. Not because a chugger gets in your way and you're a bit nervous and so you sign up because frankly you want to get away. Thoughtfully, not because somebody has begged of you. Decide in your heart, says Paul. So thoughtfully, generously, not grabbed in the street. And the reality is our context, our world is one in which the default mode is we've got to get fundraising through whatever means is necessary. I remember where we were in Surbiton, we had an elderly neighbor and she got very ill and so she kind of led us into her house a bit to help her a bit. And she was one of these people that had hundreds of envelopes from charities that she felt guilty about not responding to. And so she was basically using all that she could to give to these hundreds of charities that begged more and more and more and more. Paul thinks very differently. Christians shouldn't be like that, thoughtfully. But there's something else here. For God loves a cheerful giver. So yes, generous, but thoughtfully, but also happily. Cheerful giver. That word in the original actually means hilarious. 
As it were, when you're giving to somebody, bursting out of laughter, wow, how great is this? Whoa, hilarious giving. It's like when you give a gift to somebody and you know they're going to love it. Somebody you love and you give it to them and you just feel really excited about their reaction. That's the kind of heart, says Paul. Christians can be the happiest, generous people. But there's something else which is immensely liberating. Verses eight. And God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. This undergirds it all, this reality that no matter what you're going through, whether things are abominable at the moment, God is able to bless you so that you will have all you need. And because of that provision, which is important for us as individuals and us as a church to know, we're able to be generous and give. And so in that context, I'm gonna invite Julian up now. Now, if you don't know Julian, most of us will, but Julian oversees much of the operations side of things here at Riverside. And so he has an insight into money and the way things work at Riverside. And got us therefore a unique perspective on it, which is exciting. So I'm gonna invite Julian up. And he wants to help us see that our role is a bit like being in a river where what we do, we're able to simply be a conduit we've been given to and therefore we can give just like a flow of a river, helping other people be blessed by it. Thank you. I think that picture of how a river flows perfectly illustrates the Bible's perspective on how we use our money. Everything we have comes from God. He made us, he provides for us. The Bible says every hair on your head is numbered and you are not your own, you were bought for a price. Therefore, honor God with your body. And that is true for everything we do, everything we say, and everything we pray into being. We're talking today about God's provision for us, but this isn't a talk about wealth or riches although we know from this series of talks that actually in the world's eyes and where we are, we are very wealthy. But let's get something straight. God does not need your money. The church does not need your money. But God is very interested on what you are doing with it because it reveals the heart. Let's just repeat that. God does not need your money. Because as we use it to bless and provide for others, he can multiply it and change us at the same time. His church does not need your money. But as we give and serve and belong, God sure multiplies it and changes us at the same time. God is very interested in what we do with our money and our talents and our time. God is watching because it reveals our heart. God calls us into community, our family, our neighbors, our work colleagues, our classmates. We are part of God's expression of his body, his church. He provides for us and then 
He watches the flow. Where does it go? What is our heart attitude? Where is our prayer? Where is our giving? Where is our serving? Let's look again at verses 6 and 7. Remember this. Whoever sows sparingly will reap sparingly. And whoever sows generously will reap generously. Each of you should give what you've decided in your heart to give. Not reluctantly or under compulsion. For God loves a cheerful giver. When we discover God, his spirit begins to flow through us but often slowly and a trickle at first. We're often excited because we see and understand scripture in new ways for the first time, or we see God answering prayer. But what happens next is crucial. Do we stand in the flow and try and hold on and damn? Or do we say, thank you, and give out and pass onwards? I was thinking the other day about how I react to, well, sorry, how I react when I see my children making decisions about how they use their money. When I see generosity and giving of money that probably came from me in the first place, <laughs> what does it make me do? It actually makes me swell with pride and want to give them more because that generosity is so precious in God's sight. The whole church exists week by week because of the flow of people here giving a portion of what God blesses them with. Since its inception, we have given 10% onwards of everything we have received. It's built into our accounts rigor behind the scenes. In just the last 10 years alone, this church has given away 500,000 pounds onwards as part of that flow. When the first few Christians here locally formed Riverside over 30 years ago, did they ever think that the small trickle that they were part of would turn into such a flow? God is not asking you to fix a false smile on your face as you give and grin through the pain of giving away. He's looking at your heart. Here in verse 6, there is a promise. If you sow generously outwards with what he gives you, you'll receive in the same way. Some people say you can't outgive God. God's promise is here that as fast as you give of yourself and the things that he has given you to steward, he will refill and provide more. His flow will continue. Are we in his flow? If we are people who give outwards and onwards and let go, God doesn't let us run dry. He increases the flow. Or are we trying to hold it to ourselves and starting to wonder where the smell is coming from? At Christmas, someone gave us a box of gorgeous chocolate biscuits, Cadbury's, my favourite. And over the course of three days, I secretly worked my way through the whole 600 gram box. At first, it was enjoyable, but towards the end, three things happened. One, I felt sick. Two, I felt guilty. And I realized that the experience was only good for a sermon and not for the repeating. When I think of my own life, I know that when I bought more and more stuff, 
It feels exciting and joyful before the purchase, but when I've got it, that feeling isn't there anymore. But as I've given out and served others and watched them grow and I enjoy the sense of deepened relationship with me, the good feelings, the joy, it actually continues. I realize that when we give and serve and pray, we are fruitful, we are happier, we are spiritually richer and blessed and live more fulfilled and faith-inspiring lives than those who try and hold on. We're living at a time when the needs of our community around us are massive. And God's, God is giving us an opportunity to meet those needs. Why? Because he earnestly seeks. His spirit flows wherever there is someone serving, giving, praying, longing for God's kingdom to grow. The closer we get to his heart and give our life to him and respond and sow into the lives around us, the more his flow increases. The mission of this church that we are part of is to be in his flow, to make disciples of Jesus, and to see the flow increase. We're here in this building today because people are giving every week through the offering, through standing orders, through the bank, to pay the rent, buy the equipment, fund staff, provide ministry materials, and to give out. It's a tangible expression of the flow of God through each of us, and how God can do extraordinary things through ordinary people who are prepared to jump into the river and to be in the flow of his provision. This morning, maybe we need to acknowledge where we are and ask, what can I do to be in the flow of God's generous spirit? The answer is nothing. There is no task that we can do that will make God pour his spirit through us any more then we can do something to make it rain. Our question is not, what can I do? Our question is, what can I ask? May I be part of your spiritual flow? That we don't ask for ourselves, but for the kingdom to grow. And to be ourselves part of that growth, that flow. God, we are sorry for our selfishness. Sorry for ignoring others. Sorry for trying to hold on to stuff. When you've made us and called us to be free, free to be in the flow of your provision and care for us. Holy Spirit, we ask you to make us anew, move us from the bog of holding on to things of this world and into the fresh, life-giving flow of intimacy and friendship with you. Cleanse us from everything and every attitude that is dirty and foul in your sight, and give us the courage to step out deeper into your river of life. Thanks, Julian. And as we come to a close of this series, there's two contexts to all of this. 
The first is our immediate context now, and uh, if you've been here over the last few weeks, you'll know that um, as part of this series on money, we're providing an opportunity for people to take part uh, in our giving review. And so therefore, if you, if you would call Riverside your church, there's an opportunity to, to head out as we head out these uh, doors at the end. You'll see a table there, and there's be a couple of people. There's a banner from the finance team who'd love, if you've not yet done so, simple opportunity to go through some details with you, check your details are right, um, uh, there's a new standing order that everybody who gives regularly needs to do just with some new details on it. Um, but also it may be that there are some here this morning, you'd call Riverside your church, but you're yet not yet kind of partnering with us in this way. And there's simply an opportunity for you to do that. Um, we'd love to encourage you to think if you're not yet giving regularly, if there is a way that you might want to start in whatever way that looks like for you. And there, you can either head to the, the team there and there's some forms there, or you can take a form away and, and fill it out on your own. But a simple opportunity to get involved in this flow that we've been talking about, God giving to us and us giving on beyond to bless others. So that's the immediate context for us at the moment. But of course, there is one overriding context to all of this. Because at the end of these verses that Paul writes, to these Christians who want to be generous. He reminds them that it is ultimately not all about them at all. As he says in verse 15, thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. You see, ultimately, uh, this isn't about us at all. Ultimately, when we see God's great generosity to us as he gave his son for us, we realize that regardless of how much financially we may or may not have, ultimately we are the richest people on the planet because he has given us his all. And so therefore, whether we have little or whether we have plenty in monetary terms, in Christ we have everything. And therefore we are free to then be a blessing to others with the blessing that we've received. So can I invite you to stand? Please stand if you're able to. I'm going to simply pray. And I'm going to simply pray asking that God by his spirit would help us to see his great generosity to us and therefore stir our affections to then be generous with our time, with our money, with our lives that Christ would be at the center of everything that we are because of how generous he's been to us. So Holy Spirit, we thank you that you are interested in every aspect of our lives. Lord, you're interested in our hearts, in why we do things. And Lord, we know that you have given us so, so much, the very breath in our lungs, Lord. And ultimately, you've given us yourself. So Lord, as we see how generous you've been to us, may we be generous people, thoughtful people, happy people, because we know you provide for us, so therefore we can help provide for others. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Stir our affections, we pray. For the glory of Christ, we ask you that this community around us would see their needs being met by your people. And we pray this for the glory of Jesus. Amen. Amen.